Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I'm your host, Kaylee Chikoski, and I'm here with Jordan Arard Coupe. We're back, and there's been kind of a lot of news. Um, yes, things are like happening. Things are happening. I feel like preseason started off kind of slow. I think the the excitement over new quarterbacks and new players hyped it up a little, and then it was kind of like, eh, okay, cool. Uh, we saw what we needed to say. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's actual news. The first thing we'll dive into was perhaps the biggest news probably of the week, even though we're not through the week. But Sony Michelle has been traded to the Rams by the Patriots. And you know, we've been talking. We talked about the Patriots um, a little bit, just given their offseason spending, given a lot of what they've added over the course of the past six or so months. But how do how do you like this move? We'll start with the Patriots, and then we'll go to the Rams. But on in terms of the Patriots, their mindset around this trade, what that offense looks now without Sony Michelle. How do you feel about this for the Patriots? I think. They made the right move. This is Bill Belichick being very smart. I like what they got for him. So basically, they'll either get a 2022 fifth and sixth round picks or a fourth round comp pick if the Rams do end up getting that. So I think it was a fair trade. And with all of the moves that they made in this offseason and with they're not, I don't want to say they're in a rebuild because they're not in a rebuild. They're a little bit ahead of that, but they're still in that unsure period. You have Mac Jones as a rookie who's potentially sitting behind Cam. You don't really know what direction they're going in yet. So I think for this year, it was a solid move. They got good compensation for them. For the Rams end, I think this was absolutely 100% the right decision. And I think they handled this beautifully because we know a couple weeks ago the cam Akers injury that took him out for the season huge blow devastating to that offense this was kind of going to be his year to explode and be that explosive back for them so that sucked like there's no way to put it lightly but they had some depth to kind of get it through with matt stafford in that offense i really don't see them relying on a run game a lot so to them They have good receivers in Woods and Cup, so I felt fine with them holding off. Now their running back room is dwindling injury after injury. Daryl Henderson, who was supposed to step up and be their RB1 now, he's got a thumb injury. The guy behind him is now dealing with an ankle injury. Like There is so much happening. So I think they waited for the appropriate time. They didn't give up too much. They gave up just enough. And I think Sonny Michelle is the perfect guy to come in and kind of get them through this season. Yeah, agreed. I think this is really smart by the Patriots because when you think about their running back room, right, you've got Damian Harris, who really Mm -hmm. is emerging as that RB1 type of guy. I just, I never saw Sony Michelle getting there, surpassing him or really taking over that role on this team. And then you've got James White, who serves a completely separate purpose in that offense from Damian Harris. It's nice to have that balance. And then you've got rookie Ramondre Stevenson, who has just kind of exploded in the first couple games. I mean, he's put up four touchdowns on 22 carries. So he is just a guy who is looking like a big play type of guy for this offense, especially in his rookie season. So they've got enough. And when you look at what they're dealing with, like if you were to put this running back room on any other team or started camp and and preseason and all of that without Sony Michelle, you wouldn't blink an eye. So I don't really think that this loss is huge. And like you said, they could potentially end up with a fourth round pick out of this. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even what they're getting is just 
it's it's something. It's yeah. not really round picks, but at the same time, it's like those are two picks that could really make significant moves as this team looks to get back to that kind of top tier performance. But I just really like what they're doing. And I think the only question is, can they all stay healthy? Because the only thing that can really impact them losing Sony Michelle is depth should they face some injuries in their running back room. But I mean, you'd really have to go deep on those injuries to get to the point where it would be impactful. But for the Rams, you're right. Like they've had all of these, it just keeps, it keeps going. Right. Yeah. And I think about this when Cam Akers got hurt, but they have talented guys in that room, but they're just not ready to lead this team. So when you yeah. look at all of these little injuries py- piling up, no one's at a hundred percent in their running back room. No. unless you go really far back into like third, fourth team. So I think this makes sense. I don't know that this would have been their number one choice had they been given more time or more maybe, yeah, like just time, right? Like if this was earlier in the off season, I can't imagine Sony Michelle being the number one go-to guy, but at the same time, like you're not giving up early round picks. You're not giving up that much. And he's a guy that he's reliable when he's healthy. Now, can he stay healthy? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, if he can like, that's great because I think that is what they need. I was I was really dead set on them kind of sticking to what they have and getting some young guys involved. Um, but I think with all of these little injuries here and there, it's kind of impossible. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But I think for both sides, very rarely does do things work out. For both and it was like so them. under the radar too like we all kind of yeah. just got the notification this morning it's like this happened and it was like all right this is kind of like a very good situation for the both of them and I was on the same page as you when Kim Akers first went down I was more on the position of don't rush out and make a trade because they're already yeah. low on graphics so right. to give away another two or potentially a fourth if they do end up getting that it is giving up a lot considering you're not working with that much to begin with. So I was on the fence. I was like, don't rush out and get anybody. But now, like you were saying with the little injuries piling up, you need depth and they're, they're cutting it real close. So I think they waited the appropriate amount of time. I mean, these last two injuries that they've happened, it occurred in the last three days. So I think it was them realizing we're so close to the regular season and we're running out of guys. And if this keeps up, then we're really screwed. So I think they did handle it in the appropriate way. And like we said, hopefully Sony Michelle can stay healthy and be a good fit for them until Cam Akers can hopefully come back ready to go next season. It's a huge year for them too, because when you think about where they're at from offensive weapon standpoint, I mean, they've got guys and from a defensive standpoint, they're obviously you know, they're up there, right, with the top defenses in the league. So I think when you look at what's at stake for this team, it feels like they're not right there. And I think that's because you have a new quarterback. They've kind of been on that cusp. Um, That Super Bowl was just kind of horrendous in terms of Oh, I want to erase it from my memory. (laughs) I want to forget it ever happened. Easily the worst, but fun. Yeah, three hours of my life I'll never get back. Right. And Sony Michelle was the only guy to score a touchdown in that Super Bowl. So it's kind of ironic that now he's going to be playing for the Rams. But it's a make or break season for them, I think. I think you you can only blame it on the quarterback for so long. And now you get a guy who is presumably going to be more capable under center for that team. And so 
I'm really interested to see what Sean McVay and that offensive staff can put together with him. But I think you do just need a healthy, reliable guy that is going to come in and just give that support to a quarterback in a new system, regardless of how long he's been in the league or how experienced he is. I mean, he's definitely not experienced on the playoff front, on uh, making playoff runs at all, clearly. But I think potentially having this team and having a, a coach like Sean McVay and that staff that they've been able to put together. Yeah. I think it'll be helpful to have a running back that is a little sturdier, is good to go, has, you know, he's still fish, finishing out his rookie contract. So he's not that expensive. So it does help them out, gives them a little more flexibility. If it's a one-year thing, it's a one-year thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move. I'm, I'm interested to see, I guess I would like to know what their expectations are. I mean, we always say like every team's expectations, like we're going to go win the Super Bowl, and that's our goal. But, but like in reality, what is their expectation for the season? And I think we're getting a better look at that with this trade because I do think that they are looking at their team and saying, you know, we have we have guys, right? We have a roster, yeah. and this this could go somewhere, especially if Matthew Stafford has that breakout type of season. So, I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. It'll that be fun. Will be fun to watch. No, and I do think them going out and making this move shows that at the end of the day, they do think they can make a playoff push. They can potentially make a playoff run. Um, I I, I don't know if he's going to be an MVP. We have a comment that says Matthew Stafford will be an MVP candidate this season. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going yeah. to be good on that. Me and you were kind of split on this. You're not so yeah, sure. I think he's going to – What? Did you hear what he said today? No, what did he say today? I don't remember the exact comment, but I think he told ESPN something like he he's really interested in the opportunity essentially to be playing in big games, to be playing in like – he wants to be the guy that leads like a fourth quarter comeback drive against a good team in prime time on television, right? Like he said he doesn't want to – he's tired of just playing at 1 o'clock on a Sunday <laughs> somewhere is what he said, and I was like – that's Fair. most of every that's most yeah. of every schedule though. Let's be real. Like Oh my you, god, the you, Eagles 99.9% of our games are at one o'clock. I'm like, come we, on. We, and then our primetime game is against the Buccaneers. Oh, right. are you kidding? Right, right. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. We, we never get primetime either. And I'm like, that's and I get where he's coming from. Like, I think he if I if I could give him the benefit of the doubt, I think what's really being said is he wants to he wants to be in a place that contends and has valuable storylines. So he wants to have the opportunity to play on a bigger stage. Yeah, That is probably a better way to phrase it than what he said, because I'm okay. like, well, if you can't win games in the one o'clock Sunday spot, then you're not going to get the primetime spot. Yeah. What? And so, but I mean, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I saw that today and I was just like, for some reason, this quote makes me feel like I'm, I want to double down on my take that this is not really going to be a great year for him just after reading that. Cause I'm like, we're sitting over here and we're kind of like crusading Andy Dalton all week. But I'm like, meanwhile, you've got Matthew Stafford just wilding <laughs> out on ESPN saying this type of stuff. I was like, what is happening right now? No, the press conferences so far have been top tier. And I really hope this continues because I'm thoroughly enjoying them. But no, for some reason, and this might just be me riding the hype train because I feel like the deal with Matthew Stafford, everyone talks about how good he is. And I know he's a talented quarterback. You're on the lions. So it's tough to come out there and just be 
excellent and make great things happen. So I'll yeah. give him that. But everyone talks about how good he is and how talented. And we know how tough he is playing through injuries. And he always – like, he's overall a great athlete. Can he come into an organization and be a great leader and be the quarterback that takes them to that le next level? I think that's the biggest question mark. We can't deny his athleticism, but can he actually be that figure to lead a team? And this is the perfect situation for him to prove that literally in year one, because you have Sean McVay, who is brilliant beyond belief. You have weapons on offense. Yeah, the running back room's a little iffy, but you got Higby as your tight end. You got Cooper Cup. You got Robert Woods. Like you have options. Your defense is top tier, some of the best in the league. Like you have all of the, like you have everything sitting in front of you to come out and prove yourself and prove that you deserve the primetime games and you don't deserve to play in the one o'clock slot. So yeah. I'm, I think that's why I'm going into it. Like I have such high hopes and I hope he doesn't let me down because like, like he has everything on his side. Like he got the perfect situation. So now yeah. you got to come out and like put your words into actions and make it happen because you, there are no excuses anymore. Right. And I'm interested and that is just a whole situation that's gone so under the radar. And I think that's what, that's, what's making me more interested to see how it unfolds because I think we all know that there is innate talent with Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. I think everyone can see it. He's got, he's got things that are special about him as a quarterback. He's got physical abilities that other quarterbacks don't have. I want to see him be a game manager. Like I want to yep. see him go out there and be able to read a defense and be able to lead his offense and to make decisions. And given how long he's been in the league, he should be able to do those things. Right. And I'm not saying that we haven't ever seen him do those things, but I don't think we've seen it consistently. And there's no, there's no telling whether it was the team, the coaching staff, the weapons around him, like we just don't know. Cause like, yeah. like we've never seen him with a team that has this level of talent, this level of coaching staff, but we have seen a mediocre quarterback in Jared Goff earn success in that, in that system. Right. Yeah. I think that speaks a lot to what the expectation should be for Matthew Stafford is I'm not saying go out there in a first year system and go to the Super Bowl, but I'm saying if you don't show some level of improvement, because this isn't this isn't Aaron Rodgers year one under under Lafleur, right? This mm -hmm. is not the same situation, right? Because they were a top tier team, he was a top tier quarterback. You had an adjustment period with the new coaching staff. Second year, you came out and you figured it out. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who's going from one of the historically bad teams in the league, yeah, to one of the better teams in the league under an elite coaching staff, yes. elite weapons on both sides of the ball. And if you can't show some level of improvement, it's kind of done, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what the other option for you is if you come out and don't improve. Yeah. So because it's, it's been, it. yeah, it's been easy to say, well, it's tough to actually judge him because he's on the Lions. You're not right. on the lines anymore, right. but like you're, you're a real deal now. So now you got to come out and everything, everyone's been defending you. We have like, is he going to come out and be an MVP candidate? Like they're like, that's an argument that can be made. I mean, I'm making the same argument for Carson Wentz. Well, I was before the injury, but um, 
So you just never know. And now it's time. You're not a lion anymore. You're in the big leagues. Like, make it happen. You have to execute. And I really think if he comes out this season and it doesn't look prominent, it doesn't look promising, I feel like I give up on him. Because I'm like, this is yeah. the perfect team to walk out and prove yourself. Like, you need to make it happen right now or it's never going to happen. Yeah, and Sean McVay is the perfect guy to scheme up something that is so quarterback friendly. Yes. And specifically for each individual athlete he works with. And we've seen it time and time again. So it's pretty interesting. Um, but I, I find it extra interesting because when you look across the league at players that are in this same situation, right? Like I think about Cam Newton and the situation he's in going into a second year under Bill Belichick in New England. And no one's willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like no one's no, willing to give him any breathing room. It makes me so room. sad. Right. And I don't know if it's the, I don't know if people just don't like his personality. I'm just, I'm going to assume the best in people, probably not the right <laughs> thing to do, but maybe it is just because he's outspoken and people like guys that are a little more humble. I don't know what the deal is, but like when you read about <laughs> Cam Newton and what to expect going in the season, I am all for Mac Jones. I love the kid. Right. But at the end of the day, like I do think Cam Newton's going to improve, but when you read what people's not just experts, but fans, um, whatever, like Patriot specific sites, they're just so hard on him. There's no room for error. Yeah. There's no level of understanding of adjusting to a system that is probably the most unique in the entire league, because it is not easy to go, you know, from Carolina to New England and start playing under Belichick and, and not have an adjustment period. He's such a unique type of coach. So it's, it's so interesting that I think I agree. I'll be done after this season. If Matthew Stafford doesn't show me something impressive, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, like, I don't, I, I will just stop caring. It's not that I'm yeah. like go out and, and go off about him, but I just don't care. Like, I don't really care now, but I'll extra not care. <laughs> Add <laughs> a little sprinkle on top. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll really be done with the whole situation, but I'm just like, I feel like even if he does mediocre this year, you're going to have a bunch of people being like, oh, well, it was the first year. So give him another year. And I just don't see that extended in the same way to other guys in the league that are dealing with similar situations. So now we'll let's look at it this way. If we were to compare... I feel like this is a given, but at the same time, now you have Matthew Stafford first year in LA. You have Sam Darnold, who's kind of in the yeah. same boat, also trying to reinvent himself first yeah. year. And like, I know I'm one of the people that I know I just made fun of people that just did this for Matthew Stafford, but I'm like, it's hard to judge Sam Darnold because he was on the Jets and he had Adam Gase and it doesn't count. So now he's in Carolina and this isn't as perfect of a situation as the Rams. Matthew Stafford definitely has it a little bit easier. But when you're comparing these two guys, I feel in this, Matthew Stafford has it so much easier. Like Sam Darnold has yeah. more to prove because it's not as perfect of a system. But if you were to take a guess based on those two, who would you say moving forward, do you think after this season will be the most successful out of the two? I like to say Sam Darnold. Right. And I think it is. I want to say Sam Darnold too. I want to say Sam Darnold. And I don't know if it's because that's what I want to happen, but Matthew Stafford has been in the league for how long? Right. Like he's been there. And I'm not saying that it's his fault that they weren't able to properly build a team around him because there was definitely a lot of missteps by the organization, by the front office. Decision making was not great 
for him, yeah. right? And so I, I do think that there's a lot to be said about how much blame you place on Matthew Stafford in Detroit. And I think most people don't put it on him, but no. it almost feels like the expectations and the focus should be flipped, right? Like Matthew Stafford's this guy who's had so much time to prove himself, so much time to make something out of his situation and just really could never do it. And now we're so quick to just speak so highly of him going into a new system. And again, like we haven't seen anything, so I don't want to like say he's failed yet, yeah. but if he were to, I feel like he's the one that should have the pressure and that should have the eyes on him because you're right. You're walking into a dream situation. There's not many other teams that would have been better for him in his situation. Now, Sam Darnold is a guy that had such a short sample size, right? You didn't have that many years. Like you said, you were working under a guy who, not great. No. Great. And a team that really was just not doing well for the majority of your tenure there. So now you're going to a team that is in a full rebuild, right? Like they, they're they're in it. Like, yeah. And they've accepted it and they're doing it the right way and they're working up slowly and they're putting these pieces in place, but they're definitely not near the end of that. So I feel like you're going to look at Sam Darnold and I, I'm saying you're, but that's most of the people watching this season will look at Sam Darnold and assume that anything less than a playoff appearance is a failure and he's not going to amount to anything. His situation is just so much harder. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he needs to be given a little bit more room to breathe when it comes yes. to working his way back. And I feel like Matthew Stafford probably should have less of that courtesy just because you have so many years in the league and so much experience under different coaching staffs. You you just have those experiences that a young guy like Sam Darnold doesn't have. And so if you mm -hmm. can't walk into this team and really own it and be a leader and and game manage and do all those things that elite quarterbacks do, then you're not really going to do it anywhere. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. No, I agree. And I think for Matthew Stafford, it's kind of like a given. Like he should be able to walk into LA, be a Ram, and make it to the playoffs. And everyone would just accept it. Like, I feel like everyone expects that's what should be happening. Sam Darnold, if he doesn't make the playoffs, it's not a make or break because we know Carolina overall as a team still has work to do. And you just have to judge his stats, what he's able to accomplish. And I don't even want to say, like, obviously wins are important as a quarterback, you're leading the team, but it's not going to be solely based on that for him. Because mm -hmm. like we said, the whole team is still in that rebuild period. So I want to say, yes, Matthew Stafford has it easier, but at the end of the day, there's also more pressure because you should be making the playoffs. Sam Darnold yeah. doesn't need to make the playoffs in order to establish that he is the right fit for Carolina. And I think yeah. that's what the difference is. And I hate to say it, and we kind of already discussed it. I think Sam Darnold makes out better at the end of the I season. Than Matthew I Stafford. I agree. I like what I just I like what they've been able to put around him so far. Mm -hmm. I think it, it is it's going to be a situation where what you put into Sam Darnold is what you're gonna get out of him. So if yeah. they put in the time, they put in the right pieces, they put in the effort to develop him in the right way, then I think you're gonna get something great. Um I think Matthew Stafford is who he is. And I'm not saying older quarterbacks can't grow and develop. But I do think that 
the goal for Matthew Stafford is to take what he's been saying he can do all along and give him a setting to execute it. Absolutely. That's very different than what the goal is with Sam Darnold. Yeah. And with Sam Darnold too, they can kind of build a team around him and like suit it specifically to him and to his playing style. Matthew Stafford, granted, I do think he fits the Rams system well if he lives up to all expectations of what we've seen athletically so far. So it shouldn't be a problem, but he's kind of going already into a set system, a set coaching staff. And like I said, it should work, but if it doesn't, then they're screwed. Carolina, if you see Sam Darnold working and there's little things to tweak, they have that ability. So there are definite pros and cons to each situation. Yeah. That's a that's one I'm interested to watch. And you I know, know. What? we're almost to regular season, so I'm we're I'm so close. We're so close. I was just thinking about it because we're talking about we're it's gonna be talking right about around the corner. Season week and it's so crazy um i do love the three-week preseason i I think it's perfect it's perfect it's like it's you need preseason obviously yes and you know what i love too i just feel like every team i feel like in the past you kind of knew what to expect out of every team like preseason had this like choreographed dance every team was doing where it's like the first week you're gonna see you know, they're your starting quarterbacks for the first quarter and then you're not going to see them. And then it's like, and then in the second week, you might not see them at all. And then the third week, you're going to see them a little bit. And it's like now every team is just doing what they feel like they need to do. So it's fun because we're seeing like, we're seeing some teams put out their starters and really play game time situation football. And then we're seeing some teams be like, we got it, put out like our four string guys and call yeah. it there. And so it is really fun to – it gives a lot of insight as to, like, where the coaches' heads are, where teams are in the development, what teams feel like they have weaknesses that need to be worked out for three weeks and what teams feel like they've kind of got it all figured out. And so it'll be fun to watch how those preseason plans transition over to regular season because I think you might be able to draw some conclusions after the regular season and say like, well, maybe you should have done this, this, and this in preseason. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It'll be fun. But we have more running back news. Yes. Oh, yeah. You can you can go on with this one. I am so sorry. You know what? Is it even Jacksonville if something like this doesn't happen? I don't know. Um, I just got the notification and I was like, I wonder if Kelly's okay. <laughs> I was just like, of course. I saw him limping during the game, and I was like, "That's it. That's out." Yeah. Because like, if it was just a sprain, like, I don't know that it would have been that dramatic on the field in the moment. Just because you're like adrenaline's going, you're like in uniform, you're you're in game time. So I feel like if anything, he would have been able to walk, and then they would have been like, "Oh, it's a sprain, and you need to like yeah. stay off of it." But the fact that he was like severely limping, I was like, yeah, yeah. he's obviously he's obviously out. So Oh my he, god, just reading the injury, I was like, I'm not even smart enough to and that's when I, I knew how that. serious. So yeah, all of I, the, I was like, that. this is how you know it's legit and his season's actually over because I don't even know what these words are. Yeah. <laughs> so Travis Etienne is out for the season. Um he, I don't really I I have mixed feelings on it. It's obviously okay. bad. It's obviously bad. Um, the reason I have mixed feelings is because I don't know how figured out his role was 
just based on the two games I watched, it felt yeah. like they were still confused about how they were going to use him, even though they we really didn't they, even see didn't him. See like, yeah. So that was kind of confusing for me. So the first game, we didn't really see him at all. Um, we saw him play more with Gardner Minshew over the first two games, and we saw him play with Trevor Lawrence, which I thought was really strange because I think one of the reasons for drafting him is because you have that established relationship and they're yeah. both ultra talented. And I think they're both able to bring that connection over from Clemson in a way that makes a transition for a rookie quarterback easier, but we didn't ever see him used that way. So it was really confusing to me because I'm like, well, it's a huge loss clearly because he's extremely talented, not only in the yeah. run game, but I think if you use him as a pass catcher and, let, and line him up as a receiver, then I think you can really get a lot of explosiveness out of him. He brings something to our run game that Carlos Hyde and James Robinson just don't have. Yeah. Um, but then again, I never saw him do it. And to be fair, in Monday's game, like Gardner Minshew really overthrew a ball that would have been one of those really explosive receiving plays for him. So mm -hmm. I don't want to like talk down what he's done in preseason, but yeah. we just see him utilized as much, especially in preseason where you would think they they would try to flesh that out a little bit more. So I couldn't really tell if it was like Urban Meyer trying not to give away the plans for him from a playbook perspective, um, or if it was just like <laughs> them not figuring it out. Because it just seems like when you hear Urban Meyer talk about how big of a loss it is, it's like, oh, well, we were going to do this with him and do this with him and do this with him. And I'm like, when? Because I never yeah. saw it. We didn't see any of that. Any of it. Like, and we saw it in practice a little bit, but nothing that would indicate that that would have been a ready to go scheme plan starting week one. And so I don't know. It's just kind of confusing. Um, it puts us back. It Look, it solidifies James Robinson as RB1. And yep. I think we're okay with that. I think that's a comfortable place to be given last year. But also you're not walking in against teams who don't know who this undrafted rookie is right like you're walking into teams who know what he did last year yeah have him on tape like you're not going to get those big explosive plays our offensive line cannot support this like pound the ground type of run game it just mm -hmm. can't because it can't even keep trevor lawrence standing up straight so it's just tough because it's like you've lost a really good pass catching back the only two guys you have i mean carlos Hyde. the fact that we're still talking about carlos Hyde is <laughs> here we are but <laughs> between those two it's like if you don't have a good offensive line you're not going to get very far with those guys because they need those holes they need that protection to make those big plays like they can get out of the line and take off but you have to give them something right and we're just we're not getting that so far and no. so it's tough like I don't really know what they're gonna do like no, it's it's a tough blow, and it's just unfortunate. Like he was your twenty fifth overall pick. Like you had two first rounders. Like it could have been really exciting, and we talked about it all throughout. This was the draft for drafting for friendship. We saw it all over, oh, and yeah. it could have been a great relationship, and it could have done wonders. And at least that way, you just had options. And kind of like yeah. you said what he can do is so different than what James Robinson and Carlos Hyde can do. So just having those options, especially with a rookie quarterback who bright side is now officially QB one. They've officially come out and yeah. said that. So that's exciting. Um, some, I mean, I think yeah. we all already knew that, but 
we'll take any good news we can hold on to, but it's, it's just an unfortunate blow. And I just, I, I don't think it will, but it's always that question. Like, is this going to hinder him long-term? And it's like, we didn't even get to see, this was his rookie season and we didn't even get to see anything. So it's just super unfortunate. That's so sad. Yeah. Very sad. I have obviously just been leaning into speculation about what could be coming down the pipe to fill that kind of role. Obviously, there's some free agents that are out there that serve as pass catching backs. Duke Johnson. Do you think they would go out and make a move? Or do you want them to? I don't really know because I think Mm -hmm. it just depends. Like, what do you want to get out of this season? Right. Your offensive line, you're not getting anywhere. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say that up front. Like, it makes me really nervous for Trevor Lawrence to begin with. Um, yeah, I mean, it just makes it, – it concerns me that we have such a poor offensive line. Like, I feel like we've re- been rebuilding the offensive line for 15 straight years, and, like, we've never had it figured out. And so it's kind of like, do I want to go spend money on a guy who's not really going to be able to make an impact because we can't get that part of our offense figured out? I don't know. Um, but I think like when you're looking at options that are available, they're cheap, right? Like, because you're looking at guys like a Duke Johnson, you're looking at guys like Deion Lewis, both guys who are not signed with a team right now. So your price tag is not going to be super high. Like don't go out and get Le'Veon Bell, but like, it is one of those things where if you can get a cheap Duke Johnson, like he's got that experience. He's obviously known for being able to catch the ball in space and get underneath and be more of that receiver type of running back. So neither of those guys are going to threaten Robinson for the, for yeah. the RB1 spot. So I think it puts maybe things into better perspective and, and gives a more clear game plan heading into the regular season. But you know, I mean, like Deion Lewis has significant playoff experience, has, you know, played for the Titans as a good guy to look at to bring that insight to the running back room. But you have to bargain hunt because yeah. I, I think spending any significant money on these type of guys is just so pointless for this season because you have nothing figured out. I mean, no your offensive line is bad. Your defensive line is bad. Like a- anywhere in the trenches, like we're losing, we're losing, right? To probably any- everyone in the league. And that's just based on the two games I watched, but we're not getting anything done at the line on both sides of the ball. So I don't know how much I would invest into this season, but I also don't want Trevor Lawrence to get demolished. And I know. Um, yeah. It's crazy too, because Urban Meyer's the guy that says you build a team around your lines, like your O-line and your D. Like that's like his philosophy. And for him to just do nothing about it and just kind of walk into this season, like it, it's strange. And I don't know what their game plan is. Originally, I thought they could come out and win a handful of games and kind of start yeah. moving in that right direction. Right now, I don't really know what to expect for them. And I think that's because they seem lost. And if you don't really have an identity, if you don't really know what you're doing, especially with them saying one thing in press conferences about this is a blow because of how we planned on using Etienne, but you didn't actually use him that way. And like you said, maybe they were trying to 
like hide everything. They didn't want to show their big plays in preseason. They wanted to hold on to that, which could very well be the case. But everything just kind of seems scattered and all over the place. And they seem so excited to have a new coach and to have Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, like the God Almighty himself. They just seem so caught up in that that they don't actually have a plan for how to execute moving forward going into the season. So it's definitely... I'm curious to see how the first two, three weeks go. Um, and then I think we'll have a better sense for kind of what their plan is. Yeah, nothing is cohesive. And I, the more football I watch, the more I, and this is not me coming, I mean, I don't like Urban Meyer um, for a lot of reasons, but yeah. if I had no preconceived notions about him as a coach um, or as a person, I would still feel like he looked really lost yeah. in game situations. And it, it feels like the game is a little fast for him. It, it feels like he's not – it kind of feels like they walked into preseason and had this, like, grand plan of how things were going to go, and when it didn't go their way, they have no answer. Yeah, and they, don't know, they don't know how to fix it. They expect right. – they wanted it to go this way. That was all they planned for. And then now that it's not, they're like – well, what do we do now? Like, they don't know how to bounce back from it. Yeah, and I think that's – Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal, and I still have no doubt that he was the best quarterback in the draft. Absolutely. But I think the problem is that you can't take the number one quarterback in the draft and expect him to work miracles. Like, he still has to be able to sit in the pocket. He still has to be able to read a defense and make decisions, and he still has to be able to have time – to stand on his feet and throw the ball. And so I think, I think that's the thing is just expecting too much out of him way too soon. And that's why I, I see why you can't start Gardner Minshew. Like I understand that. Yeah. But maybe it would have been for the best. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe once they see, I feel like once he starts, though, they're not going to be able to take him out. But I feel like especially if you see yourself, if the offense is crumbling, if, like, they really can't make anything happen and the O-line can't get any better. Not that I want – I'm, like, throw Gardner Minshew to the trenches, but I, he's been in the system. He kind of knows how to work it a little bit more. So maybe yeah. it would benefit them just for this – kind of get through this season and then plan. Hopefully Urban Meyer will be gone after this season. But – um. We'll see. We can dream. All right. Yeah. You want to talk uh, way too early dark horse yes. Super Bowl picks. This is always fun. I, um, it is. Yeah, it's always fun. I, I hope we have different ones. I have two just in case. But okay. I feel like we do have different ones. Actually, maybe not. So go ahead. You can throw. Throw, okay. throw one out. All right. I feel like we do have different ones. Should I do... Like dark so horse bad. Super Bowl, throw, like okay. one all right. Should I do like dark so horse Super Bowl? Like you hear the playback? Yeah. Where? Where is it coming from? Should I don't know. It's repeating. It is. Did we figure it out? I don't hear it anymore. I don't hear it anymore. All right. Cool. Where were we? Okay, um, go for it. Should I do like can like? like who I think is going to play each other in the Super Bowl and who I think is going to win? Or are we just doing winners? I just went like contenders, like okay. surprising teams that we think no one's considering 
could be contenders, but could get there. Okay. I have my AFC and my NFC. Go for it. AFC, I dark horse Super Bowl contenders. I 100% believe the Chargers. 100%. Okay, I, I have them too. Okay. Just because too. we saw what their record last season did not represent them as a team in the slightest. And I never, ever want to respect Anthony Lynn because he is one of those people I just kind of want to hug. Like, seems yeah. overall great person. But his decision-making, his time management, everything last season, it, it was a hot mess. And it lost them games that they had no business losing. And every game came, like, down to the wire. And they started off with these huge leads. Like, it could have been such an easy season for them last year. And it just wasn't. So I think now having a new head coach come in, granted, we don't know exactly how he's going to operate, but I think having that roster, having Justin Herbert at quarterback, you have it made to make it to the playoffs. There's no reason why they should not make it to the playoffs. And I think once they get there, they are that team that could be sneaky good, could easily make a playoff run and work their way in. So I have no doubt in my mind that they are 100% contenders. If I wouldn't be shocked. A lot of people would probably be surprised if they got – I would not be. Like, I think they have it made to make their run. I agree. I For agree. the NFC – thank you. Thank you. For the NFC, I, I feel like we're going to have the same ones. NFC, I'm going Cardinals. I've got two AFC ones. Okay, okay. There's another one. All right. So, for my NFC, I'm going Cardinals. Just because everyone is kind of so convinced that the Cardinals are going to come out, even though they made all these moves – Everyone's convinced that they're still going to come out and be like right around 500 when I just genuinely can't see that happening just because we saw what they were capable of last year. And last year they were so close to being a playoff team and like just missed it. So now for them to make all of the changes that they did for all of the additions that they had, they drafted perfectly. I love their head coach. I think Kyler Murray is someone when I tell you I flipped crap when he won rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I was like, he doesn't deserve this. I lost my mind. I was like, this is like ridiculous. I couldn't wrap my head around it. But now the more we see him, like every week last season, you see him getting more comfortable. And I was just falling more in love with him and more in love with how he was playing the game and more in love with how he was maneuvering that offense and that whole team. So I think now going into his third year with the team that they have built, with the coach they have built, they have what it takes to make it to the playoffs, definitely, and to potentially make the playoff run and get to the Super Bowl. So that's my two. Yeah. AFC Chargers, NFC Cardinals. That would be fun. I have <laughs> Can you imagine I, if they played each other? I mean, it'd be that would be iconic. I'm not gonna lie. It would be iconic. It would be iconic. Yeah. I, yeah. What All are right. yours? So or your I, other one. I have the Chargers. Okay. I do agree. Um so I'm going to go. It was funny because I came to this conclusion and I was just kind of looking up some preseason things. Yeah. For and then I saw that Max Kellerman was just getting total crap for this take. And I have not been a um, I've not been a television watcher as of late. So I did not know that that he had this take and was getting absolutely roasted. But we have a lot of the same opinions. So Max, there you go. But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Patriots. I 
they've just stood out to me so much in preseason. Um, like way more than I expected them to. And I feel like we're, even though we're not far removed from them being a really good team, I, yeah. it feels like we're very far removed from when they were good. Um, but I just think when you look at what Cam Newton has done in preseason so far, he just looks so much more comfortable in this system. He looks way more confident in what he's doing in his offense. I think they've been able to provide him the opportunity of protection, but letting him get outside of the pocket and really make plays. And I think we're going into that second season, which is pretty typically the make or break or really a good indication of how this system is going to work between coach and quarterback. And I just feel like he's already starting to look significantly better than last season. Not to mention the offensive depth that they added. I think yeah. we did Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. Like both of those guys have looked phenomenal. They really should make an impact. They can both block. They can both catch balls. They can both make big, significant changes to this offense that we just did not feel last year. And so I'm a big fan of what they're doing. And I think when you look at these quarterbacks, like I know that there's probably a lot of New England fans that want Mac Jones under center. And I can understand and I, I like him as well. And I honestly feel more comfortable with Mac Jones going in, starting any game really? than any other rookie quarterback out there. I'm just going to really? say yes, because he looks to me, even when you look at Trey Lance, right? I, I get it. He's so impressive, but I think when you look at what he does as a whole, not just the really impressive big plays. Yeah. I think it's hard to see him having consistent success all season long in his rookie year. I think Mac Jones just fits the system so well. I, I think we talked about this. Like, it's really hard to imagine him in any other uniform because he just feels like a New England quarterback. He plays he the ball that Bill Belichick loves. He looks the most poised and ready to be a game manager. He looks the most ready just in the system that he's been in, right? And I think we've seen, like, Zach Wilson started to look better, but he still looks like a rookie. Trey yeah. Lance looks like a rookie. Justin Fields, I think, is another guy that's – he's ready, but we we also saw him make mistakes, right? And so yeah, Jones, and that's one shoddy O-line, too. That's right. a dangerous situation. Right. They, like, New England has the O-line for it. Yeah. I'd be comfortable with Cam Newton. I'd be comfortable with Mac Jones. I just think you're you're kind of in a win-win when it comes to quarterback. They both okay. bring something different. But look, like their running back room is still solid. Like they've still got solid weapons. Their defense is significantly better. Their defensive line has obviously gotten better. They added a ton of talent there. They get back down to Hightower after he opted out last season. So they're getting a lot of reinforcement in areas that were weaknesses for them last season. And I think what we've seen from them so far in preseason, I get that it's preseason and the teams that they've gone up against, but they've just been so dominant. And in a way that it's hard to ignore them and it's hard to imagine that that is going to decline. Now, I know they're going to play tough teams, but when you look at their division as a whole, I mean, yeah, they're going to have some challenges, but I think it's easier to see a path for success for them than a lot of other teams in the AFC. And I, I think no one wants to look at them as a contender um, just because for so long they were on top. And I think it hurt, it hurts me, but I, I don't know. I, I think we're not giving Cam Newton the credit that he is going to earn this year. 
And I think Matt Jones is kind of at that precipice of being almost more ready than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. So I'm really interested to see what they do when their team's at like 100% going into regular season. Okay. There is a lot of that (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. And Patriots as a whole, I see it. The one thing that I can't get behind is Mac Jones. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. He just seems – I – I don't know. And maybe I just need time. Like I'm convinced I said in my YouTube video a week ago, I was like, I think there's a chance we don't see him at all. Like I was like, I don't mind. I think the assumption is that we will. Like I'm not seeing anyone say Mac and cheese. Right. (laughs) Adorbs. I I don't (laughs) see anyone talking about Cam Newton going through like the entire season. That's why like I'm talking about Mac Jones in terms of this is an assumption that's being made that okay. we're going to see him this season. Um, but I personally don't know. And I think that's just a lot of people really, like I said, not giving Cam Newton the credit he deserves. Yeah, which pisses me off. Yeah. It, it annoys me. I don't like it. And we haven't even seen him come out in the second year. So to write him off so quickly is really – it really bothers me. Um so I'd be interested to see. I I wouldn't mind if we see Cam Newton all season and we don't see Mac Jones at all. But this is a good comment. He has the highest floor and the lowest ceiling. And I think that's the perfect way to put it. And that's why I feel comfortable with him because we know exactly what to expect out of him. Like I think when yeah. you look at a guy like Trey Lance, who is potentially the other guy that could come out week one and start, is it's just like when Trey Lance is good, it's good. When he's bad, he looks bad. Like the yeah. stats are good. The stats, he makes those rookie mistakes. They're, he's not impressive on paper. And I know that there's a lot to be said about the eye test and getting away from stats. But at the end of the day, like if he has a bad game, it's going to be a bad game. That, yeah. It's going to be, and, and I think he has a lot of that. You take what you can get, right? He's going to have those big explosive moments because he's naturally athletic and he's very talented. But he's not poised. He doesn't have the game management down. He doesn't have the consistent execution down. Whereas Mac Jones came in with that. So you know exactly what you're going to get from him. And there's maybe a margin of like, yeah, maybe he'll outperform your expectations here and there. But he's not going to make huge, big, dramatic, explosive plays. But he's also not going to like probably crash and burn either. Yeah which I think is really likely for guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields because they're rookies and that's understandable. So I think, I think Mac Jones is not going to be, he doesn't have the potential of the rest of them, but he's not going to make the mistakes that the rest of them will. No, I think that's a solid argument. And just wrapping up like this whole thing, can you imagine if the Patriots do make a playoff run, get to the Super Bowl? And then they play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. For the like that, that oh realistically God. could. And I feel like we talked a lot throughout this whole episode of like, what's their motive going into this season with the Rams, with the, with Carolina. I literally think Belichick went into this off season and had the spending that he did with it in the back of his mind. Like we could play Brady in the Super yeah. Bowl. And I think that yeah. is his number one goal. Well, can you imagine? Uh, no, I could not imagine. First of all, it would be the highest rated. Oh yeah, in NFL history, we'll everyone would draw. Oh, also, I was talking about this earlier. The Super Bowl is on February thirteenth. 
And it kills me that it's not on Valentine's Day. It's not like I wish that Sunday was Valentine's because for me, that's like the perfect, it's like the perfect day. Like you, you make dinner, you drink wine. I mean, whatever. Um, it's perfect. <laughs> Not that, that I have perfect. anybody. <laughs> that would be perfect, um, yeah. It would be perfect. But also imagine the fights that some, not that I wish oh fighting on any couple, but imagine how funny it would be those conversations where, especially, especially if it was uh, Bill Check playing Brady in the Super Bowl. Unreal. You would find imagine, out what relationships are meant to Yes. Last. Yes. Imagine the conversations that like those girls and or whoever has to have with their significant other and it's like listen i have to watch this game i don't care that it's valentine's day it would just be iconic it would be would so be, funny but no we're would, one day short it would be pretty funny i think that is that's so true because i think and to keep going with the relationship analogy tom brady and bill belichick really are like every time there's a breakup someone glows up and someone doesn't right yeah. and i think that's kind of what we saw and it's a little bit to be fair it was a little bit harder for Belichick to glow up just given yeah like, they were just in complete different places um the Buccaneers had all the money in the world to spend and they were just like who do you want here? yeah tell and, us what you need and we'll get it for you right and as soon as Belichick was able to do that similar thing he went out and did it and so yeah, yeah I think it's just I think it's that it's a lot of that it's a lot of wanting to maintain that level of success and and also prove that it wasn't just Tom Brady that was getting you there. And then I think part of it is tasting mediocrity for the first time in a yep. long time and not really being comfortable where you're at. Because I don't know how many people care or know this, but the Patriots don't sell tickets. Like their ticket department doesn't call anybody to sell tickets. People call them and then they Buying get tickets. tickets away. Yeah. Like if you're in if you're in like Jacksonville well Tampa before this year but if you're in any of those like smaller markets or teams that just didn't have that level of success like the they're making a hundred outbound sales calls a day the Patriots sales team has the easiest job in the freaking world I don't want to downplay their work ethic but they have the easiest <laughs> job in the world because they haven't had to make an outbound sales call in probably 10 years so it is just one of those things where I think everyone wants to be it's in everyone's best interest to get back to the playoffs in yeah. that organization. So there's a lot to be said about the Patriots, but I don't know. They've just caught my eye this preseason, and I'm like, they're hard to ignore. Like, they were easy to ignore last year. I was like, oh, yeah, the Patriots are playing, I guess. But this They year, were basically like, oh. irrelevant. They were so irrelevant, and, like, no one really cared. And I think it was fair for us to have one year where they were just not relevant because – We needed it. We earned we it. We needed a break, yeah. We it. So We dealt I, with you for the last decade. Like yep. the hard to break. Yep. Um, so we have one week of preseason left. So it's exciting. What what are you looking forward to this week? Anything specifically? Um, I want the Eagles to score more than three points. <laughs> more than zero points, preferably. Yeah. But if we could like get a touchdown, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be super fun. I'd love to see it. That would something be fun. something to keep me going. What are you looking for? Um, I mean, we have some official named starters, uh, so that's fun. I think, um, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, we love to see Dwayne Haskins anytime possible, so I'm excited for that. I would, yeah, same. I want to see my team score some offensive points <laughs> against 
like not third team defenses. Um, yeah. But I, another thing I'm looking forward to, and I know we're, it's hard not to beat the Justin Fields topic into the ground, but no, I'm, I'm dying on this hill. I will, I, I will sell my soul for it. Yeah. And like I said on other podcasts, I'm not out here saying he should start. I think for his best interest, probably shouldn't, but <laughs> I also, the health and safety of everyone involved. For his own, like Longevity of his career, like probably not like for being honest, but for him, I understand like you want to compete and earn that job and feel like you're working towards something. Um, but he's going to get to play the Titans and their biggest weakness last year was really their defense. And, you know, they've, they've added some offensive stuff. I think their offense is going to look a lot different this year, but their defense is something they have to work on. So this is going to be a really interesting week for fields. Cause he's going to be seeing a defense that is getting in those last minute tweaks before regular season. So it's not going to be your second, third, fourth team guys. This is going to be the Titans defense. So we're really going to see him against guys that are going to play like he's going to see in regular season. And I'm interested to see what that performance is like. And if it's anywhere near as impressive as his other preseason performances, I have to tune into the press conference. (laughs) Yes. I, and you know what? I'm just going to say this. No one cares, but I stop asking Andy Dalton questions about Justin Fields. Stop. Yeah. It's not, his, he's not the head coach no. by all means. Matt Nagy hit him up, but I'm just interested to watch the press conference. I just want to know. I just want to know how it goes, especially if he performs well and they end up with some sort of success. I don't know if they'll win, but with some sort of success against the Titans, I would love to see how that press conference goes. That's something I'm looking forward to. No, it's going to be the Bears conference, Bears press conferences this offseason have been nothing short of entertaining. And I've thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. I, um, Bears so- should have been hard knocks. That would have been another good one, better than the Cowboys. Right. Oh my gosh. But first of all, we can make, we have, a laundry list of teams that would have been yes. hard knocks. Like I just do not care at all. Yeah, I still no, don't. I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched. I haven't watched either. I haven't watched. And normally I would. Like normally I drop everything for hard knocks. Although, and I just did you see the drone? Video? Yeah, I did. I did see that. Love that for them. It was cool. It was Whatever. Cool. But no, I don't want to watch hard knocks with the Cowboys. Oh. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Not it. Not it. Do you think there's any world in which Justin Fields starts week one? In my world, yeah. Um, In In the real world. In the realistic world, I don't think so. And it seems more just Matt Nagy at this point sticking to the point that he made. And he just kind of wants to roll with that. I think it wouldn't even shock me if by the second half of week one, Justin Fields is out there. But I do think Andy Dalton is going to go out there. He's going to start from a realistic standpoint. What I honestly think is going to happen, I think it's more like week three. Justin Fields will officially be named the starter. I think they're going to flounder a little bit. And they want to emphasize. like He is going to emphasize that they would flounder with Andy Dalton. And once they get to that point, then he'll be like, all right. Now I have to put in Justin Fields, and that's when he'll make the call. Luckily, 
if he doesn't start because they play the Rams week one. So that's not the best defense to go no, up against. No, no. If you are Justin Fields. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good one to skip. And that's at 820. Who did they play week two? Do you have it up? Let's see. Yeah, I can pull up the whole thing. I only pulled up week one. Let's see. Bears schedule 2021. So week two, they play the Bengals. Week three, they play the Browns. No. Okay. Justin Fields starts week four against week the Lions. Four. <laughs> week four. Week I would four not the Lions. want to put Justin Fields with that O line against the Browns defense. No, Absolutely, no. I'm not getting anywhere near it. The Bengals are an easy one, but I feel like once you put them in, you can't really turn back. Exactly. So no week, week four. four. Week we'll four clip this off. Five. Yeah. yeah. Justin four Fields four. starts week four against the Lions, and then after that, you have the Raiders and the Raiders okay. defense. We know is That's shoddy. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. After that, you have Packers. Then you have the Bucks. But it's better. It's better. The Rams and the Browns are a tough way to start. That's a tough start. That's not. That's not good. That's setting him up for failure. Maybe not. Matt Nagy literally had like he's thought maybe this he knows out. What he's doing. Yeah, maybe I'll give him some. Like he is the head coach of a NFL team. Like I'll give him that. Yeah. I mean, look he he's been part of. Really good quarterback room, so I'm yes trying to trust right. what he says. Like I that really made can't. me that honestly made me feel a little bit better about this whole thing. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you throw him out there against the Rams and then the Browns, that's setting him up for failure. So bad, so bad. And you know how like Bears fans are. I mean, it's gonna be like put his head on a stake week yeah. five. If it doesn't go well. So, oh my God, it's crazy though. The second he goes out there to play in a preseason game, like watching the stadium like erupt, oh my God. they just like need something to hope for. But the problem is, is, like, as soon as there's any sign of weakness, they're going to forget that he's a rookie quarterback behind a terrible O line starting in a really weak team. And they're going to be yeah, like, he's the worst. And like, I know. I'll be like, be- why do we trade up for this? And I'm like, just give it time. Trust me. Give it yeah. time. Yeah. Give it time. Uh. All right. Oh, we're so close. We're so, so close. Season. We're so close. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Onside Chicks Pod, on Instagram at Onside Chicks, YouTube, Twitch, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five star review if you can. I don't know what the system is with Apple anymore. It looks strange. So <laughs> I don't know what Everything's the changing. I don't know what the call to action is for Apple. Yeah. I think it's follow and you can leave a review, but we will be back. Thank you for tuning in. Next time we talk to you, it'll be officially regular season NFL football. So, oh my God. Excited for it. Looking forward yes. to it. And I think that's it. All Have right. a good night. Bye.